Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will finish up his message, which we have titled, One for All, All for One, Continued. Of course, this message was a follow-up to his previous message entitled, One for All, All for One, and is a part of his Bear Fruit series. The primary text for this message is Romans 12. So if you have your Bibles, please turn there right now, and we'll join in with Pastor Chuck. Verse 7. If it is serving, then serve. Listen, I grew up in the church. When I grew up in the church in my early days, my uh, now almost 20 years of walking with the Lord, one of the first things I did was I saw men serving. I saw the men serving in the church. The next church the Lord led me to, we used to do this. Uh, 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 My my brother Goody Green, uh, uh, we used to go serve every uh, first Saturday of the month. There's other times we do it, but the men got together, we go up to the church, we have breakfast, we go up to the church, what we doing, serving. Serving. Any opportunity it was to get to serve. We want to serve the house of God, build up the Lord's kingdom in there. We took delight. It's an honor and privilege to serve. The psalmist said, I, if I could just be a doorkeeper, it's an honor to serve. Why is it an honor? It was an honor for Jesus. If you don't see this as an honor, then you have missed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Mark 10, 45, I came not to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom. It was an honor for Jesus to give. How do I know? Hebrews chapter 12 said this, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured hostility, hostility from such sinners so that you may not grow weary and faint hearted. If Jesus said it was a joy to endure the cross, why are we complaining about serving two, two hours at max in the Lord's church on one day out the week? It should be a delight. The reason why it's not a delight and we consider it drudgery is because our minds have not been renewed. We're not viewing the kingdom. We don't have a kingdom of Jesus mindset. We have a kingdom of Mises mindset. And so he points back to this was pointing back to verse three. Humble yourself. Be humble. You should be more selfless and not selfish. And one of the ways that you become more selfless in your life and in service to others in all areas is to serve in the Lord's house. I've said it this way from the very beginning at Rebuild, and I'll say it again. If you are looking for any other title in this church other than servant, this is not the church for you. When I did a, when I did a, when I, when I walked through the Bible, I did research. I looked back through the Bible and I looked at all of the Lord's servants from Moses to Elijah to uh, 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 Abraham, uh, so many, uh, Jesus himself, the apostle Paul, the apostle Peter. I looked back through so many names and all, every time I looked at those names, at some point, the Lord said, Job. Have you considered my servant Job? He called them as servant. And so if you want any other title here, rebuild other than servant. As a matter of fact, if you're going to be in leadership here at rebuild, you got to serve. 
And you got to have a heart and a delight to want to serve. Not doing this, again, to get you a title or permission, because if that's the case, this church is not for you. I'm just going to be straight up honest with you. We are called to be like Jesus, to be Christ-like, to be Christian. And in order to be Christian, we have to live out Mark 10, 45, to not be served, but to serve and give our life as a ransom. And so you'll hear me say it this way at Rebuild. We are served people serving people. There's no other option here. Well, listen to this. Listen to this. It says worship empowers serving, but serving expresses worship. Godliness requires a disciplined balance between the two. Worship empowers serving. Serving expresses worship. Listen to what, listen what Kay Arthur says. She says, so many times we say that we can't serve God because we aren't whatever is needed. We're not talented enough or smart enough or whatever. But if you are in covenant with Jesus, he is responsible for covering your weaknesses, for being your strength. He will give you his abilities for your disabilities. I love the way Stephen Furtick says it. He says, God will put his super on your natural. In other words, Kay Arthur says, stop making excuses for serving in the Lord's church. If you got a talent, if you got a skill, matter of fact, if you got two lungs and the activity of your limbs, you are supposed to be serving in the church. My beloved mentor, uh, uh, one, of the, one of the men that has, has brought me up in leadership and, and understanding what it means to be a pastor in the Lord's church, Danny Franks, he said it this way, um, we don't need you to serve, but you need to serve. Why? Because Christ came and served you in a way that you can never repay. So it's not that the church needs you to serve. And it sounds pretty arrogant because in all actuality, we actually do. But if you can really hear what he's saying behind that, watch this. Church, you don't, we don't need you to serve. You need to serve. Because if you're going to put on display that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ and you are Christ-like in the earth, then service is a non-negotiable for you. So in other words, right, humble yourself. Here's the next thing. Got to move on. Got to move on. Here's the next thing. If teaching, then teach. Shout out to all my teachers. God bless each and every one of you. So thankful for each and every one. I want to give a personal shout out to your teachers, especially over this COVID season. God bless you. I hope now as we're drawing near to the backside of this pandemic, right? I hope now that you can look back and see God's grace was sufficient for you. God blessing each and every one of you. I'm thankful for each and every one of you teachers, you educational gurus, you administrators, you counselors, all of you. I want to give you a shout out. He says, if teach, then teach. Every sphere of our lives has a teaching element. Every sphere of our lives has a teaching element. The Lord, the Lord Jesus was known as a great teacher. Matthew 7, verse 27, verse 29 says, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Jesus was a great teacher. Why? Why? I like to say it like this, because good gospel preaching brings you out of darkness. Good gospel keep, teaching keeps you in his marvelous light. Good gospel preaching brings you out of darkness Good gospel teaching keeps you in his marvelous light. Teaching is very important. Why? Because it helps us to be set apart or sanctified in his truth. Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, Father, Father, 
Sanctify them in your truth. Your word is truth. And in order for us to know it, we have to be taught. And which means rebuild family. We remain students. We remain students. Every sphere of our lives has a teaching element. The Lord is always teaching us something day, moment by moment, day by day. The Lord is always teaching us something. So let's not forget that. And for those of you that God has given the measure of grace to teach, then teach. And if the Lord has been calling you to step up in this way, then let's do it. Let's do it together. Here's the next thing. Watch this. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. Encouragement means simply to uplift, encourage others, and inspire them to trust God. It's similar to a teacher, but a teacher shows others what to do, and an encourager helps them to do it. Helps them to do it. Listen to what Luther says about this. He said, the teacher transmits knowledge, the exhorter stimulates. Right? Uh, uh, um, here's, here's what's important. I, I learned this before. Um, one of the pastors, again, growing up and, and, and with um, in ministry and pastoral ministry, these are little some nuggets that you catch on to. Um, one, one elder told me this. He said, listen, every, every disciple needs to have this in his life or her, this or her. You need someone who's like an apostle Paul, someone who imparts into you, who teaches you, who leads you. So this is someone who is over you, someone that you that you grow in knowledge with, someone who is old, who's smarter than you, has more knowledge than you, someone that can continue to impart into you and to help you to grow, right? Then you also need, right, somebody at some point, this may not happen initially, but at some point later along your journey, once you, grow, once you walk in your mature manhood and develop it, you'll have a Timothy, somebody that you now, disciple that you impart knowledge and, 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 and encourage and endurance. You need that. But then also you need a, a, a Barnabas. Barnabas was somebody in the Bible who was an encourager. He encouraged, he was with the apostle and he was helping the apostle for the apostle continue on and fulfill the ministry in the hard times, in the weary times and in, in the dark moments, you got somebody who speaks life, love, and life to you. Light, love, and life to you. You got to have somebody do it. And I even go as far and say, maybe you need an Aaron and her. Somebody who's willing to hold up your arms to help you get victory over your battle. Either way, they're there to assist you to continue to move forward in the Lord Jesus Christ. You need somebody not only who's going to transmit knowledge to you, but one who's going to come alongside you and exhort you to stimulate you to keep on learning, to keep on learning. Here's the next thing. If it is giving, then give generously. Oh, you just heard me talk about this earlier. Proverbs says it this way. Proverbs 11:24 says it this way. One who gives freely yet grows all the richer. Another withhold what he should give and only suffers one. One who gives freely yet grows all the richer. Watch this. It's important, family, that we understand this. Right? Because in the church, because the enemy is the prince of the power of the air, and because of bad examples before that the enemy has used, it's now this, this, this black cloud over the church as it relates to giving financially. This is specifically what it's talking about, financial giving, right? 
it can expand into other areas. Your time, again, your time and your time, in other, being a generous life, right? Expands to that. Watch this, right? But when it comes to financial giving, we lock up, right? We lock up. For some reason, this is why I hate the term uh, or the phrase church hurt, because church should not be a place where you get hurt. The church should be a place where you get healed from said hurts. But the enemy has taken that and he has created a narrative that has put a black cloud over the Lord's church. And this is why we need to be living sacrifices so we can eradicate that narrative and present to a world the true gospel of Jesus Christ and what it means. And one of the ways that we do that is through our financial stewardship and our generosity in this way. And so what has happened is, right, we've made giving in the church, right, um, um, especially the tithe, We've made that the end point, not the starting point. So the tithe, right, we've made as the ceiling when it's supposed to be the floor, supposed to be the starting point. We're supposed to live our lives generously. Generously, right? Um, 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 my former church said this way, we're supposed to live sufficiently, but to give extravagantly. We're supposed to be generous to the point, right, where we don't even see ourselves in this anymore. We see how that is being a blessing to others. Let me tell you what we've done since we started Rebuild Fellowship. Before we even started, we began to give generously. We have one of our sister churches, the Bridge Church in Wilmington. Shout out to Pastor Ethan and Pastor Chris on that. We gave, they had a need. They had a flood. Hurricane came through. They had a flood. And before we even started, before we even had staff, before we even had our resources, we mustered up close to $1,500 and we gave it to that church. We have not stopped being generous. Many of you know our generous efforts. Anywhere we can, we, can, we can throw a seed, we can give a seed, we're trying to do it. We're being generous. And what has God done? Every step of the way, God has poured back into us more than what we gave out. He's just that good. I started off this service talking about the generous uh, uh, donor who gave to our church recently generously who did exceedingly abundantly above all I could ask and even imagine. And it's the largest gift our church has ever received from anybody in a one-time gift that is, in a one-time gift. It's the largest donor we've ever received. And I, I'm so thankful for that. But you know what, is, what it points me to? It points me to the fact that because we have been generous as a church body, like Christ has been generous, he's saying, you know what? I can trust you with a little more. I can trust you with a little more. Are you caring for them people in that? I can trust you for a little more. Or that person over there who's been sick, who needs medicine, or you're giving to, I can trust you a little more. We're being generous. Or you're you're helping to pay bills within the body, I can trust you a little more. Or you're taking, you're helping to advance the mission of God with these persons who are are, are serving me and honor me overseas and I can give you a little more. I can trust you a little more. Why? Here's why. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. It says, for you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich. Our God is generous. He spared no expense to save us. So why? 
what we spare our expense to have the ability to go save others. He spared no expense to save us. He gave his only and his best for us. All of Jesus. He gave all of himself for us. Why would we lessen or try to water down the gospel by doing otherwise? If our God is generous and we're supposed to be Christ-like, then it behooves us to do the same. We should go in like manner and do the same. So family, it's time that we commit to a generous mindset. How do we do that? We understand the gospel more. We get in this word. We ask him more and we take on his spirit. We ask him for his grace. We ask him for his wisdom and we start to make steps towards being a generous church. Here's the last thing. Listen, if it is to lead, do it diligently. We got to lead, right? We got to lead with compassion, with steadfastness, with fervor, with urgency. There are many out here dying. So we're all servant leaders. We're all supposed to be leading in our service to others. And so here here it is. Watch this. Watch this. We got to start doing this diligently. We got to do this with some urgency, with consistency, with compassion, and with steadfastness, right? We got to do that. Here's the last thing. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Last thing we want to bring out is if it's to do it, mercy, do it cheerfully. Watch this. Watch this. Um, confession. Hope nobody's watching. Confession this. Right, old, under the bridge. I think it's past statute of limitations. Um, um, I was granted mercy in high school by my calculus and physics teacher who blessed me in the grade book department, showed me mercy, which allowed me to graduate high school. I was arrogant, case of the big head in high school, thinking I got it going on. I'm all right. I'm going to be good. All this and that. I ain't got to do nothing. Sure enough, I put myself in a big old hole. And my teacher, God rest his soul, Mr. Laws, said this. He said to me at graduation practice, he said to me, He said some very harsh words. Can't say those. He said some harsh words. But he said pretty much, I didn't change those F's to D's for nothing. Right? Mercy. In other words, here's the gospel. We never made the grade. We couldn't make the grade. We were rebellious, stiff-necked people, disobedient just willing at all costs to not listen to God, to not trust God, to not obey God. We were rebels, but God showed us mercy for the surpassing love that he had with us. He made us alive with Christ Jesus. We were rebellious, stick-neck, operating with the spirit that's now in operation in the sons of disobedience. And what did God do? He saved us because he loved us and he did it generously. He, he prophesied, he spoke truth that led us to conviction and that built us up. He was the one who, 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 who was in service to us. He served us faithfully, not coming to seek his own good, to seek his own pleasures, to seek his own will. He came to seek the goodness and welfare of others. He led in a beautiful life. He led um, um, by being an example of a servant. He led with compassion. He led with love. 
He led in grace. He led in truth. He led with mercy. He did it diligently. He was the one who modeled all of these characteristics and it was founded with the virtue of humility. Do you hear the beautiful picture of the grace and truth that is found in the Lord Jesus Christ? Family, if we're going to do what Christ has called us to do and saved us to do, we have to take this chapter specifically more seriously. We have to take our walks with the Lord Jesus more seriously. And it's time out for excuses. He's called us to obedience. He's earned that much. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you'd like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck delivers a Palm Sunday message during our Bear Fruit series.